All right, we're up. Dean Ferris, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm uh, I'm in senior week right now, so that's my I'm about to graduate next week. So it's a, a fun time for a couple more weeks until I'm finally gone. So you're finally graduating, man. That's crazy. I mean, I feel like you've been there for a little while, actually. <laughs> yeah, after six years, you'd think. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm happy to be done and. And just enjoying my my last time. I think as summers you you don't really have a lot of fun over your four years, at least in college. A little bit, but having having kind of a break and be able to enjoy college one more time is uh is a, a nice little treat. So well just for anyone in your kind of era, I mean, I think looking back in probably twenty years for anyone during this period is gonna be like, man, what a what a mess, what a disaster in terms of a college experience, you know, that having COVID kind of just jammed in the middle of that and and uh and everything just kind of being upended during that period. Um it, it's it's pretty crazy to think that, that that's how it kind of went down, right? Yeah, I think I think I got away with it a little bit easier than others because I, I mm -hmm. took my my year off during the COVID or leading up to the COVID year. Um, so that was my senior year, 2019, 2020. Um, so I, I had it a little bit easier than some of the guys that got NCAAs canceled and didn't really get that year back. So hmm. I was, I was pretty fortunate to have that all happen and how it transpired. And I ended up having to, I can graduate in my class anyways. So um, in the next week. So I think, it's it turned out better as best as it could, but it, it was a difficult difficult two years for sure. You're one of those kind of rare people. I don't, I don't know how rare, but it, you're you're rare in the sense that you're you know extremely intelligent, obviously, uh, but also super talented. You know, there, there, I think there's talent and there's kind of a super talent. You're definitely in this kind of super talent realm. I mean, you've you've proven that over time. So. How has it been for you in terms of the balance between the academic side and the swimming side? Yeah, it's it's definitely been an interesting experience. For me personally, I actually enjoy having that balance. I think uh, taking the two years off kind of showed me that I need something to do outside of swimming. Uh, I was going a little bit insane just, just focusing on swimming. Um, but I, th I think it's just a product of um, – just always having passion for academics and also athletics and having that balance. I, I always tried to have something else other than swimming. So whether I was playing soccer until I was 14 or um, playing golf, which I still do now, just having those things to kind of complement swimming. And I think there's a lot of overlap. Um, I think just being well-balanced, I mean, it's a, it's a really important aspect, especially in college um, and having longevity in the sport. Um, so I, I've been fortunate enough to, to have other passions that I can pursue as well as uh, doing well in swimming. So let's, let's give your parents some credit here. Hey, um, you know, in terms of raising kids, it's not easy, man. And uh, for, I'm, I'm, sure for you, I'm sure for your parents to look back on what they've done with you and, and how successful you've been, you know, about to graduate Harvard here and uh, one of the, one of the top swimmers in the U S in your time. So it's like, must be a lot of pride for them, but what do you? What are the things looking back that you felt like they they got right? I mean, I think to go off what I was just talking about, I think allowing me to to have other passions and and not forcing me into swimming at a young age. Uh, I started summer league; that was kind of my introduction to the sport. Both my sisters did it. 
Um, we had a nice little community pool that, that I swam at and I was really passionate about it, but it was never my entire life and they never really made it my entire life. So I'm really fortunate to have them allow me to play soccer and allow me to make my own decision on going full in on swimming when I, when I decided to quit at 14. Um, so I really think the biggest thing is just the, the biggest times that, or, or the times that I see kids have burnout, um, especially for the guys that were really great in high school or like the 15 to 16 age is they just went too hard and had too much pressure at a young age. Um, so I was fortunate enough to have my parents and then also my club coach, um, Mike Norman, he, he made sure that I had some left in the tank going to college. Um, we didn't really lift that much. Um, we did a lot of technique work, so I wasn't in a heavy, heavy yardage program. And I think all those things just led to a successful college career, which has been probably the most fun part of my career, um, obviously. So, um, yeah, just really fortunate for the balance that the people around me allowed me to have. Yeah. I guess someone like you, uh, growing up in, in kind of the high school system, you know, being really good at school and having having the swimming as a component there, you probably could have picked any school in the country, realistically, right? So why did you end up picking Harvard? Yeah, so I was looking at UNC and Cal Berkeley. Those were the two, or UNC, Cal Berkeley, and Harvard. Those are my three trips that I took my senior fall. Um, obviously, all great academic schools. That was a, mm -hmm. a big, big portion of it. Um, and then it was just really finding a team that, um, I really enjoyed and, and some coaches that I really believed in. So all those schools, I think, obviously I would probably be happy at all those schools, but at, at Harvard, the team is what separated it for me. Uh, I remember going on my trip and when my mom picked me up from the airport, I was just smiling ear to ear. And, um, I knew I'd found the guys that, that I wanted to share four years with and, and all those experiences with. So. That was a big part. And then Kevin and Sam were had a vision for me and they had a vision for Harvard as well that I bought into on on making it a top ten team. So um it was it was just all around a lot of great things going on there and and just a great balance. And it's really hard to turn down Harvard, I think, at the end of the day. Um, just setting you up for life, it's it's a no brainer. Um so those are those are really the main things. And obviously you have doubts when you make a decision like that I, I feel bad for the the guys now that make have to make it sophomore year of high school it's <laughs> it's pretty pretty tough um because everything changes i mean i was a totally different person then so you kind of have to think when i made the decision i thought about who are the guys that i kind of look up to and want to be around and because it they say like the, the five people you hang out with you're gonna end up being like them so um you want to find a team where they have a good culture and and the guys that you look up to and, and kind of want to be like, and that for that, for me, that was, that was Harvard and, and their team. So, um, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That's cool. I like that. Um, you know, growing up in Australia, you know, we hear about different colleges and kind of their reputations and then, and, you know, me coming across now and, and understanding the, the different colleges and, and the collegiate system. Now I've got a better understanding, but I do have a pretty big following overseas still. So, for those that are listening now, like what what is Harvard? Like why is it so well known? What is it about Harvard um, that attracts the best of the best? 
You know, I don't know. I, I think it's just one of those places that has the lore that it's it's kind of a, a little bit hard to put your finger on. Um, there's definitely a lot of history there. Um, and it's just a very special place to go to school. And I think it's not something I think, I think when you're in a place like Harvard and you're a student there, it's a little, you kind of get in the bubble and it's hard to kind of realize how fortunate you are to be at a place like that. But um, I think looking at it from now, almost graduating, it's just that you're surrounded by amazing people that all have their own thing. Um, whether it's they're amazing at playing an instrument or athletics, or they're just exceptionally smart. Um, everybody kind of has their thing where they got into Harvard. Um, and it's kind of, it's a cool experience, especially freshman year, just kind of figuring out like, all right, what was, what was kind of your thing that, that got you in? Um, and typically it's, it's something pretty amazing. So, um, it's just being surrounded by some amazing students and athletes and, and all those things. So, um, yeah, I, I, re I really enjoyed the, the whole experience and just the Ivy league in general. I just love, I went to Ivy's my junior year of high school. I visited Princeton when it was, they had Ivy's at home and mm. immediately I was like, this is an entirely different league from the SEC or ACC and the history behind it and our rivalry against Princeton and Yale. I mean, those are the things that just are are really unique and they just have so much history behind them. So um, it's a very meaningful experience, I think, going there and, and being a part of that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, what about your degree? This interests me. You, you picked history. Why did you choose history? That was one of my favorite top or favorite subjects in high school. Um, and I also love science. So actually, my degree is it's, it's called history of science. And mm. I was able to pick basically half my degree was. I could pick history classes I was interested in, and then half is in a science field that I chose, which was psychology. And I basically just got to have a marriage between the two subjects I, I really enjoyed um, learning about. Um, and they had a lot of flexibility, which is great because I was obviously trying to make the Olympics and had that in the back of my head. Um, and I, I, I originally did not want to take a year off. Um, that was kind of a decision that was looming over my head my senior year, having to do that in trials. So um, I wanted something that was a little bit more flexible and something where I could take the classes that I want. And and that's something that we tell all the freshmen coming in is just don't try and get caught up in what everybody else is doing. Just find what you're passionate in and that's when you're going to do your best. Um, and don't pick a major based on the job that you want or what you think you want. Um, it's more so just enjoying learning. And I think that's what Harvard offers for a liberal arts education is you can just really find your passions and explore that. What about the, the academic balance there? Was it difficult at times to be an athlete at Harvard? Uh, you know, obviously they've got great athletics, so I don't think it's a surprise to the, to the, the, a faculty that you know you're on a team and you got to travel and do things like that so i'm sure there's concessions but uh but how much of, of concessions how much do they support athletics at harvard in terms of being able to you know like you said you wanted to make the olympic team is that is that a reasonable expectation at, at harvard considering uh, the academic prowess there yeah i think so i mean i mean to be fair, I mean, we have, I think we have the most D1 athletic teams in the country for any school. I think we have 42 athletic teams. So oh, wow. athletics is like a huge 
huge part of the student body. We have a lot mm. of athletes there. Um, and I, I never really had any issues with the balance of athletics um, and being at Harvard. The teachers are really understanding. The athletic department helped us out a bunch. But I think what separates us from an SEC, ACC school is the um, – like they, they want us to be regular Harvard athletes. I mean, Harvard students. So we, mm. we don't really have an athlete dining hall. We don't have athlete dorms. We have basically everything that a regular Harvard student has, um, I guess, other than access to the training room. Um, but it, it's a very, you are a Harvard student and it's kind of a, it's a cool experience. I think on the one hand, you always want a, a sport like swimming doesn't get a lot of attention anyway. So you always kind of want to be, <laughs> a little bit more recognized uh, yeah. that's across the board. But um, I think at the end of the day, they, they teach you how to leave a place like Harvard and, and not being babied throughout my experience, um, I think will help a lot when I move on from the sport and from, from Harvard. So it's a, it's a different experience from another school where they have mandatory tutoring, all of that stuff that you get at a, at a big school like Auburn or Texas mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that experience is important for, for kids because I, I don't feel like I'm going to come out of this experience and be like, all right, where is my tutor to help me with my homework or where is all the support that I have? You kind of figure out how, what works for you and, and how, and how basically how to function after, after college. Not that you don't get that at other schools. It's just, you have to do a lot more on your own, I think. Um, That's so. interesting. T tell me about that. I, I think people would be interested in that side of it, the academic side, and kind of, you're, look, you're about to graduate from Harvard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a huge success story. So, like, what are, the, what are the things you did early on, maybe, or what are the things you learned over the course of the, the time that you were there in terms of having success, you know, in the classroom? Because there is a balance. So it's like, wh where did you find that balance between being able to have the success in the classroom, but still be very successful in the pool? I think a big part of that is having the right balance and time management is, I mean, everybody says that, but time management is a huge, huge part of it. Um, what does time management I mean, mean to you exactly? For me, that's, I mean, it's really just prioritizing what you need to get done. I mean, if you know you have assignments that you need to work ahead on, I mean, that was something that I was good at is kind of planning out my semester and saying, all right, we have mid-season in December, um, midterms in October. I have to make sure I'm not getting behind on assignments so that I can either study for my midterms or write papers, stuff like that. And that's something that every, I mean, you'll learn at any college is figuring out that you can't leave stuff to the last minute um especially mm. with swimming and and meets that we have so and then a part of that is just picking the right classes for that semester so if you know once you choose your major and you have your core classes you figure out all right this is a pretty difficult class i need to balance it out with maybe two classes that are a little bit easier on the workload or um have papers instead of tests so you're not writing four papers at the end of the semester um mm. So I, I, those are like the little nuanced things that that's something that I relied on a lot on my first two years. I, I kind of looked up to the seniors and, and juniors on that because um, they've obviously been through that. Um, and you kind of figure out, all right, th these are the classes that are really difficult. Um, these are the classes that maybe you should take to balance out your schedule. So 
that's a that's a big thing is balancing out your schedule and just planning ahead and making sure you're on top of everything um, and asking for help when you need it. Um, the people that try, I think the thing at Harvard is you have your pride and you try and figure everything out on yourself on your own. Um, but at the end of the day, you're you're surrounded by forty other guys on the team and some coaches and academic advisors and everybody wants you to succeed. Um, and you just have to use those tools to, to help you out. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. I would imagine at most colleges, there's kind of a varying level of, of intelligence and co commitment and, um, you know, even kind of time management skills and those sorts of things. But but I, I would think that at Harvard, it's it's more of a bottleneck, you know, where it's like everybody's super smart. Everybody's pretty organized. Like that's in my mind. I'm thinking that is that is that reality? Is it is it super competitive in the classroom? Like, do you feel pressure walking in and, and maybe how, how did you deal with that? pressure i think yeah it is definitely it was intimidating my first two years i think and that might be a pretty common experience for everybody is is you just want to do well both in swimming and in school um i think it's intimidating coming into a freshman or sophomore class and you have upperclassmen that are really smart and way more mm -hmm. experienced um yeah. And I, I think there is like a, a, a little bit of pressure and um, I think we tend, I think people tend to, um, I don't know, be more stressed about that stuff than, than you actually should be. Um, and, but at the end of the day, everybody is a little bit stressed and a little bit worried and intimidated by the next, the kid next to you that's super smart mm -hmm. or super talented at their sport. Um, I think that's something that's just life where you really just got to focus on what you need to do and, and realize that no one's really caring about what everybody else is doing. They're probably focused on what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that there's, there's a little bit of pressure. And I think that goes away once you learn how to be a student at Harvard um, and you learn, learn those things throughout your four years. And then once you get to junior, senior year, you feel like you're a little bit, you have a little bit more experience on your belt and you belong a little bit more at the school. So um, and I think that's probably a natural thing for, for most colleges and, and going from high school to college is a big transition. So, um, I think, I think that's a pretty common thing. Yeah. Yeah. How do you look back on your, on your career now swimming wise? I mean, you, you've just announced your retirement from the sport, which for me as a, as a swim nerd, as a, as a, you know, swim coach, like it, it, uh, it hurts when I see someone as talented as you as like retire so young. I'm like, oh man, there's so much more there. But like, you know, from your perspective, how do you feel about your career? Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, coming to Harvard was, it's probably better than I thought it was going to be, obviously. Um, 
And yeah, I, I think ending the way it did, I was, I was really happy. I think I was a little bit burnt out at the beginning of the year after my two years off. Um, it was a hard transition going to another program and then having COVID and then coming back and had to go through a bunch of hurdles just to train for trials. And then obviously not making the Olympic team stung a bunch. So I was ready to get back to Harvard and back on the team and compete at NCAAs and be on relays again. And just all those mm -hmm. little things that I loved about swimming. Um, and I think to be honest, I think the last two years just took a little bit of the fun out of it. Um, right. Right. And it's just the way it is. And, um, but I, I'm really proud of how that the, my headspace at the beginning of the year versus the end of the year. Um, I made a lot of strides in my mental health, which was, I'm proud of. And I mean, obviously I want to win an NCAA title my senior year after winning my junior year and breaking another American record, whatever that might be. But um, I'll remember the relays that I was on getting 13th as a team again um, at an extremely fast meet. Um, and I think, those things I'll, in 20 years, I'll remember more than whatever results I have um, or could yeah. have had this year. So um, there's obviously, I mean, the, the competitive side of me wants to win always. So it's it's never a, a happy thing to not achieve your goals, but um, I'm, I'm really proud and happy of how, how it all ended. I I had the experience sometimes with really intelligent people like you. Sometimes it was a it was a it was a blessing and a curse at times. And did you ever feel like that? Like was it difficult for you to shut your brain off sometimes? Like I, I always felt like the best swim experiences were, were ones that you couldn't really remember, and and maybe you just stood up behind the block and just let it let it go and let it flow. Like was that difficult for you? You know, to to turn your brain off and allow that performance to come out. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think that's something, I, especially at Harvard, that uh, Kevin and Sam, our coaches, would uh, attest to is is just dealing with people that are smart and overanalyzers. Right. Um, it's a difficult thing to coach. Um, I think it leads to a little bit more stress around competition. You're trying to be perfect and trying to yep. figure out exactly how to go your fastest time, rather mm -hmm. than just shutting it off. Mm -hmm. um, I think someone that was great at shutting it off was Townley. I mean, like when he got into a race and just training with him, even he would just turn into a different person and shut everything off and just go race. And that's something that I always training with him. Um, that's something I always tried to take from him and, and apply to my swimming. Um, Cause at the end of the day, once you get behind the blocks, you just want to shut off and just race. And the guys that are the best, can do that. Yeah. Um, and there, there are times where I had that and there are times where I didn't, I think that's probably a very common thing as well. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just how confident you feel behind the blocks in your training and just the balance that you have outside the water. Um, and I think just having a good perspective on swimming in general, um, can lead to that. So, um, I'm fortunate to have those kind of flow experiences that yeah. you're kind of explaining, but, um, but yeah, it's something that is difficult to achieve, especially at like an NCAAs or a, a trial. Right. Maybe, maybe this, uh, this 129, this American record, this, this 200 free that you pumped out 129.1. I mean, that's fast, crazy fast. And, and you did it 
in a relay, right? Like leading off a relay. So was that one of those experiences maybe where you just kind of allowed yourself to go? Because I mean, I'm looking at the splits here. I'm like, dang, like he, he went for that one. Like you you unleashed going out in 42 yeah. eight. I mean, 105 at the at the 150 is just blazing. So do you feel like that was one of those experiences? For sure. Um I think that whole year I was pretty locked in and had a good mentality. Um, and I was just, I was really motivated to just do really well at NCAAs. I had a, a kind of a disappointing sophomore year NCAAs where I put too much pressure on myself. And that year I was just kind of wanting to swim as fast as I could. And I think that that race kind of showed my mentality for the entire year. Um, I also took a, I didn't take, um, or I didn't do the turner free individually. So I knew that was my kind of one shot to do it. Um, and I was pretty nervous beforehand, but I remember just kind of like letting myself go and go for it. And it was just one of those swims where I took it out and just kept on going. Um, and I kind of knew where I was at and I had clean water. So it was just kind of like a perfect storm of, of events. Um, and I don't think it was a perfect race, but it was, it was pretty damn perfect. Um, in my opinion. So I think, yeah, I think that was one of those flow experiences where I knew I was having a good race halfway yeah, yeah. At, at the hundred mark. And, um, but I also knew I was taking it out pretty fast. So, yeah. um, but yeah. So you think 128 is a reality then? I think so. Yeah. I think, um, I think there, are, I think in the next four years, I think people will, We'll be, we'll be breaking that. Um, What's your one piece of advice for someone who who thinks they could, who wants to have a shot at that? Is it just just attack, or what is it? I think it's having that that really easy speed going out. Um, obviously, I was forty two eight going yeah. out in that, but it didn't. I mean, I I always die the last fifty. Typically, I'm not one to come home pretty hard, so. Um, I think you have to take it out. You have to put it out there. You have to attack the third 50. I think I was like 20, I was like 22 something and then 22, yeah. five or seven on my third 50. Yeah. Um, so I think that's key. And cause realistically, you're not going to come home like 22 fives on both, both of those. Like you, you got to get out fast um, and, and then hold on. And I think the walls are a huge part of it. Um, and really just hitting every wall. And I felt like that's what I did in that swim as well. Which just, I just got in and out of every wall really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just gotta be, you gotta be ballsy. And that's something I learned from my club coach. It was always a third 50. It was like, you gotta take it out and then hammer the third 50. And that's, if there was a 150 race, I would probably be pretty good at that as well. Um, that's yeah, right, that's man. If there was a if there was a seventy five meter race back in my day, I would have been world record holder too. So I understand. Exactly. Yeah, it was, <laughs> understand it was all the last fifty for me. But yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's something that was just ingrained in me, and that's just how I I've always swum is just taking it out hard. Um, I think it's mm -hmm. the most fun. Um, you get the most oohs and ahs going out fast. So <laughs> um, at least you can be ballsy in that in that stance. So. That's uh, good advice for someone. Just just go for it. Um, listen, you, you've been doing some work recently for for a company that really interests me too, because it's it's in this kind of human performance realm of of figuring out how we can, you know, maximize performance in a way. But it's a company called Whoop. 
talk to me about Whoop, how you got involved and, and what, what is it exactly? Yeah, so I, I started, so Whoop is basically a, a fitness wearable company. Um, you wear it on your wrist. It's pretty small. Mm-hmm. It's waterproof. You wear it 24-7, charted on your wrist. And it basically tracks a few metrics like heart rate variability, resting heart rate, um, blood oxygen, skin temperature. And it basically takes all those metrics and monitors you 24-7 and tracks your strain and recovery. So it'll track mm-hmm. your sleep, tell you how rested you are, how much REM sleep you got. And then it'll also track your strain from the day using your heart rate. So for example, like a swimming workout, um, you wear it in the water and then afterwards you can see what your heart rate was and it'll tell you a strain um, on like a zero to 21 scale. Um, so it's a, it's a great, great product, especially for swimming. Obviously it's waterproof and you can wear it in the water, which is great. Um, and we've gotten a few guys on it. Um, like Carson Foster has been wearing it. I know Kyle Mm -hmm. Chalmers has been wearing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a great tool just to, especially for people that in in a sport like swimming where burnout is so prevalent. Um, Mm. It's it's a great tool to make sure, especially when you're in the 16 to 19 range, 19 year old range, to make sure you're doing the right things. Like basically, how my club coach helped me not burn out in college. Right. Um, it, it's a it's a good way to kind of keep track of where you are, and um, and let you know whether you're you're on the right track or not. Um, yeah, this is the big difference for me. A lot of people ask me all the time, like, how are we getting faster? You know, what's the difference between now and, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? And, and to me, the, the biggest component in terms of training is is recovery, like the, the importance of recovery, the emphasis on recovery, let's say, and the understanding of how to recover. And yeah. it seems like Whoop is really one of those devices that gives you, uh, the user, a, a much um, better understanding of their own body because that that's the number one thing you got to understand first of all you're not trying to understand recovery for the person in the lane next to you because they're going to respond differently it's it's about your yeah. responses right so whoop is giving you exact science of like what's going on in your body and and how best to recover it right yeah and, and like a prime example of that is i think michael phelps when he was at his peak or i mean really throughout his entire career he was the best at recovering. I mean, you heard stories about him sleeping in the the high altitude chamber and taking Mm -hmm. ice baths and making sure he was just primed and ready to go. I mean, it's still amazing to me after now swimming at a a high level, what he did in 2008 with just the amount of swims he had over Mm -hmm. those eight, eight or nine days, whatever it was. And it's just like, it's incredible that he performed in every single race and managed Mm -hmm. that. And I mean, he's an investor in Whoop and he's been on the podcast and, and everything. So um, he's a huge believer in the product. And I think if you ask him now, I mean, he, he probably wishes he had a whoop back, th- back in the day. Cause I'm sure um, it would probably would have mirrored a lot of the stuff he was doing. Cause I think he was pretty cutting edge in all yeah. the recovery stuff. Yeah. Um, but I totally agree. I mean, my, everybody works hard in swimming. I mean, mm-hmm. like it swimming attracts people that are a little bit off and, and, <laughs> really, really work hard. Um, Eddie always said that is kind of like swimming chose you you didn't really choose swimming. I think it, <laughs> it chooses a different breed of people. Um, but the recovery is what separates you. And I think yeah, yeah. that's what I saw 
what that's what separated me in college from either people on my team or other people in the country was just the emphasis on recovery, Norma Tech, um, eating the right food, drinking protein, like all those little things that add up that it's like very taxing to do that. I mean, that's the one thing that I've enjoyed after swimming is just like being able to work out and not have to do all the little things that you need to do to be an elite swimmer. Um, Cause I think it's just an all encompassing sport where like you're so, you're just on the edge of burning out all the time pretty much. Um, And I think you've seen that shift and you've seen that less is more. And I think, for example, Whoop is like a great tool for understanding where that balance is. I mean, they even tell you like what strain you should be hitting based on your recovery mm-hmm. um, to gain fitness or to stay in the in the good zone so that you don't have two or three weeks of really, really hard training. And then you end up getting your taper main and you're just so in the hole that you can't even perform well. And yeah. I've, been at, I've been in those points where it's like, you're just so far gone that you just need um, a break. So, and I think a lot of people during COVID realized that it's just like people needed those six months off or four months off from swimming completely. Um, and, and that's where I think something like a whoop is, is really, really important and something where you don't get to that point. Um, swim angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. So, well, how, how old are you now? I'm 24. I'm getting up. 24. There. 24. Yeah, getting up there. <laughs> yeah. 24. I made my first Olympic team at 25, my man. So there's hope. You could still come back. There is right? hope. There is hope. <laughs> I, I have swam since I've retired. I, I did a practice. <laughs> I actually, I did a race and a practice. I've swam twice. Well, I was going to say, well. I was going to say that. I mean, how are you going to access this, this whoop now? Like you're 24 years old. You got the whoop on, like it's telling you, uh, you know, best recovery practices, but you got, you got to stay fit somehow. And, and, you know, I'm sure you've got that competitive, you know, side of you that's still kind of burning. I mean, it doesn't oh, disappear yeah. at 24. So it's like, how are you going to access this whoop now? What, what are you going to do in the future to kind of um, push your body again? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that's a good point about about Whoop. I think as important as it is to have it during training and how much it helps during training, I think even more so in a transition period like this where I'm going from elite athlete to just wanting to be a regular. I mean, I'm so obviously competitive um, yeah. and lifting four times a week, running. I did a 5K, stuff like that. So I think those little things, and I think that's where Whoop, really helps is during that transition because I still want to be an athlete. It might not be in swimming at the moment, um, maybe down the road, but I still, I'm, I mean, I'm a high performer in whatever I do. And I yep. think having something like Whoop, and that's what I see. I mean, a lot of our guys that have graduated are now on Whoop. I and mean, we have a little group chat that we kind of talk talk smack to each other about our recovery scores in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a thing where you have these people that, have cared about their recovery and understand the importance of it. And now that you can visually see what it's like to 
have a high strain or have a good recovery score, it's almost addicting to be like, I want to optimize my body and life for after swimming. Um, And I think that's something that you're seeing more and more of. I mean, I go on Instagram now and the amount of times I see whoop is crazy compared to last year. Um, And I think people just really care about that. And even if you're not a lead athlete, I mean, just the focus on mental health and physical health is so important. And I think COVID kind of showed us how important it is. And it's something that really helps you in that transition period um, and just allows you to maintain that good balance um, as you enter that next stage of your life. And um, it's just something that it becomes a tool that a necessity versus just like something that is cool to look at um, and something that you can't really give up. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I need some new, either it's triathlons or mm-hmm. I'm not sure what mm-hmm. it is. I tried running. I don't think my body's ready to, <laughs> to be a, a marathoner. I think I've, I've had yeah. too much time in the water and not, not enough impact on my joints. So, yeah. um, but yeah, finding that next thing is hard. And that's something that every single athlete goes through is that transition yeah. from college to, to real life. Well, you're about to be a Harvard graduate. You're 24 years young and there's plenty of life left to live. And so I'm, I'm excited for your future, man. And, uh, congratulations on everything you've achieved so far in life. And it's pretty remarkable. You should be super proud of yourself. Uh, it was fun to watch you, fun to follow you. Uh, always kept it interesting, you know, on race day to, to, to watch what you were doing, man. So thank you for that. And, um, just good luck in the future. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too.